Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the Partially Examined Life preview of episode 270, part two. We just had our interview with Stephen Phillips about his book, God in the World's Arrangement, with Nyaya and Vedantin, arguments about philosophy, religion, about the existence of God. So here is the beginning of that discussion. Mark tried to frame the problem of what is that issue here? And it's an atheistic conception of the world versus a theistic conception of the world. And then there's just too many names, too many schools for somebody to try to consume and understand the spoken. <laughs> Even, by the way, having read the text, I was not able to follow all of the nuances and, and all that. What I was able to follow was the specific propositions, the explication, and the arguments within it, which were very clear, I thought. And, you know, somewhat interesting variations at points on very, very common and understandable philosophic themes. Is there a first cause, first mover? You know, if the eternal is uncaused, how is it connected to things which are caused? I mean, there's just a number of different things that are very, if you're philosophically inclined to study these questions, are very easy to follow and very clear. What does this add to our beloved intelligent design discussion, which is, who's the guy with the watch? Is that William Paley? Yep. We know that argument that, you know, you can tell when something has been designed, it's ordered and it's functional and has lots of complex interrelations and you could, I guess, go on and on. And hey, the world looks like that, especially biological organisms. And then I, I think the human response, which I mentioned, is simply that we're familiar with how watches are made and we're familiar with, so, so the example that Paley uses as a watch, we're familiar with how particular artifacts are made and the process of making them. And we can't generalize that conclusion to the universe as a whole and to the idea of a maker of the universe as a whole. And of course, what's missing from all of this is just that to challenge intelligent design theory, intelligent design is, a, is actually a strong argument in the absence of some other explanation like natural selection. If you can't appeal to natural selection, I think it's very difficult to explain life and biological organization as a form of spontaneity is something that just flows. So at the very least, you need a well-developed conception of the kind of laws of the universe and the ways in which things might be self-organizing or spontaneously organize themselves according to interactions between molecules and so on and so forth. So yeah, what are we getting out of these texts that are different? How is, is this a different flavor? Is it, is it really just the same sort of thing? So I saw this as, just as in the Avicenna argument, the argument from contingency that we discussed that whole time was sort of in between the cosmological and the ontological argument. It used parts of each because it was like, well, we have to observe things in the world and we see that they seem to rely on other things. So in that sense, it's like the cosmological argument. There's some sort of chain out there. But then there was a jump in terms of 
some a priori thing about the nature of once you have this idea of contingency and necessity, then from the concept, you get the idea that there has to be a necessary being and are they able to derive a lot of other things about it. So in that sense, it's more like the ontological argument. It had a a posteriori part, an empirical part, and then an a priori part, just an argument straight from reason. And this one, I think similarly, is kind of in between the cosmological argument and the design argument. They don't talk specifically about like, look at the banana. Doesn't the banana look like it was made for us? Like there's some stuff like that. In other words, there's this assumption that everything, you know, this is especially in that Samkhya school, the uh, opponents that, you know, are explicitly like everything is made to push us on the path to enlightenment. You know, everything is around, is responding to our karma. And so it's for us in the way that, you know, the banana is shaped like it is just because it has a handle. So it has that classic design argument flavor. I don't take that to be intelligent design, though. I take intelligent design to be the idea that there has to be a conscious, intelligent cause, that the universe, certain contents of the universe are, are like artifacts, and we need someone who's like an artisan, someone who's a maker. You don't have to think the banana is for me. You just have to think the banana is not the best example. But, you know, the banana or the cow or the any bio, biological organisms in general are good, you know, but especially animals are good examples. This organism looks like you would have to make it. Like it doesn't look like something that could just come together by itself without a conscious inventor. Well, so you've pointed out one difference in the flavor of even the design part of it. It's funny, when we graded those papers, a lot of the mistake that people made, I remember many papers <laughs> that we graded down, I graded down because they interpreted that like the world is like a pot. And what does that mean? Well, it's like a pot because it has a purpose because God made, you know, just like a potter makes a pot with a purpose. It is to eat with. Then God made our lives. God made the universe for us to do something with. And we said, no, that's not what the design argument is. It's what you said. It's just the fact that it's organized in a sophisticated way. Like the purposefulness is sort of beside the point, but it actually is built into like, if you looked at the wider context, what those students were saying was correct. (laughs) Why are they correct? Because that is built into the milieu in which these guys are moving. It's not just that there's an organization of things. It's that everything is created for us as Brahman to discover ourselves. That's true, but that's not the argument, though, is it? That is ultimately why part of the question, right, the way that Peter Adamson put it when we were talking about the Avicenna one was that the question is not how could the first cause get rolling or something? That would be a straight up cosmological thing, but it is more, why does the universe exist? And when we were looking at the principle of sufficient reason, right, in that Schopenhauer episode is where we really kicked that off and looked at the different kinds of causation that it could be just what's the efficient cause, but it's also what could be the final cause. And so these arguments are arguing both that God is the efficient cause, but he's also the final cause is the one why did those first atoms get moving, get organized in the first place? You know, you could interpret that why as, well, because there was some mechanical thing that flicked it. But essential to there being like why this has to be an intelligent designer is because there was something that had a design in mind, had intelligence and purposefulness and needed that. So it actually, I don't know if you guys read as far as Appendix A, talking about Shankara is musing on like, well, why did God create the universe? 
And, you know, why did God not make it nicer? You know, it actually gets in the problem of evil and thinks that maybe it created the universe just out of a, well, God can't need anything. It's not like, you know, he needed to create the universe to fulfill his own loneliness or something like that, because God's not lacking anything. He did it out of a state of play. Or the Nyayas say it's out of his own nature. Those purposefulness things are built in to the creation process. It's not just, it must have had a designer because it's complicated. I don't see that in the pod example. Because the argument isn't that it's a, a pod is for drinking and there's a designer is required who has the intention of drinking. And that's why... That's not the final cause of the... Right. So, so in other words, I'm not inferring... I don't infer that the pod has an artisan who made it because the pot is for drinking and I need to know that someone intended to make something for drinking. Unless I'm wrong about this, so you could, you guys could show me, but it's just that the pot is an artifact and it's the product of a intelligent designer. That's the inference. And then, so I'm taking this as a straightforward intelligent design argument. Let's disambiguate here. The perception of the artifact as being somehow created. Here's what it comes down to. If your experience in the natural world is of X, the world is what it is, and then you see something which does not accord with that. It's something that looks as though it was crafted or produced, to use the terminology here. You say to yourself, oh, this is not like trees and rivers and stones and deer. This is like a house. This is something completely different. And so there must have been some consciousness, some intellect, something that designed and built this. So the intelligent design argument then says, okay, well, if I feel that way about a house or a chariot or a pot and I see coherence and structure and evidence of design in nature, there must be a designer. There must be some kind of intelligence behind or consciousness behind the design of nature, the world. That's the argument from intelligent design. It does not, however, address the why. Why would an intelligent designer design this world or design any world in the way that they did, which then gets us into the question of purpose. And so I think what's different here is that in the Western Humean milieu that you brought up, Wes, the argument to intelligent design, it doesn't flow over into the concept of purpose. Whereas here, the purpose is presupposed, uh, metaphysics of liberation about the karmic rebirth and doing all that sort of thing. And so this is very much, you know, religious hermeneutics in the sense that they're trying to create or identify the best arguments in support of the pre-existing system that they have all agreed upon. If that sounds like the kind of thing that you want to hear more about, then please go to partiallyexaminelife.com slash support and sign up for membership either on our site or on patreon.com slash partiallyexaminelife. Thanks for listening. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 